Hello and welcome to the Timothy Project Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Welch, and I'm here with my co-host, Chad Hunsberger. That's me. How are you doing, Chad? Man, it's, it's a good day. Uh, just spent some time with some other people with the Timothy Project. Yeah. Enjoyed that. So Very good. good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, well, today we're coming at you on February the 15th. Oh, the yeah. After Valentine's Day. Chad, let's be honest. Is Valentine's Day a big holiday in the Hunsberger household? A big holiday? No. Yeah. No. No, uh, it is not. It's okay. not. I get, uh, I'm in charge of getting the kids a Valentine. Oh, really? Not to That's be mistaken with Valentine's. Valentine's. That I probably would have said as a child. Uh, it's no kind of like, like playing volleyball. Volleyball. Until yes. you find out did that you do it's that? actually volleyball. Did you, how many years did you play also, volleyball? Uh, also, see, uh, mm-hmm. producer Colin he did also. the same problem. This is great. <laughs> um, but, yes. and, and, yeah, like Maybe I how will, many years I did will, you celebrate Valentine's? Yeah, you know, man, so many. <laughs> I will yeah. certainly, you know, make sure. I always make sure that I there's a card or mm. something. It's not yeah. a big, and we do like to celebrate. I like to probably Woo. more. Like so, we'll go to eat mm. uh, yeah. sometime in Valentine's week. Valentine's <laughs> week, yeah, which especially. Um, once you become parents, it becomes relative. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's so all it's in like, the vicinity of Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometime in February, to, yes. <laughs> we will have dinner together oh, yeah. without our children around. Yeah, which that, is nice. That's, prob- that's usually kind of where that lands. Which is a good um, thing to do. We're yeah. going to talk a little bit more about that specifically. Good. But, yeah, we're not huge Valentine's people. I don't know. That's, that's not a, a big thing for us. Um, but I do think it's a great reminder. It's a great yeah. reminder yeah, 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 for yeah. us to do something nice, to be... Thinking about our spouse to, you know, sure. uh, encourage and to bless uh, our spouses. So we are talking today a little bit about marriage and family and ministry and okay. how all those go together. So as we're talking to pastors and ministry leaders and missionaries, like, yeah, ministry is definitely going to have an effect mm-hmm. on our marriage and on our family. So tell me, Chad, how long have you been married? Uh, this year, this December will be 20 years. 20 so years. just over 19 wow. years. That's a milestone. Yeah, it's That's a big pretty one coming. huge. Wow. Yeah. We... <laughs> We hit 28 in March. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. like next month. Uh, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> so uh, just a few days after, yeah, after we come together the next time, it'll be uh, our 28th anniversary, which that's a little crazy to think about and to actually say out loud, 28 years. Yeah, so I know a little bit about your story. I don't know if everybody does. We shared a little bit on the podcast here, but uh, when y'all got married, tell me a little bit, did did Gloria know that you, you were going to be a pastor uh, and yeah. how did that go over all? all yeah, kind of things. I mean, I've always uh, felt that way uh, since I was a little kid, and so um, it was it's kind of a normal part of our conversation. I was working at a church when she met me in college, and so that was kind of the trajectory, and she understood that world of ministry. Her dad uh, has been in ministry uh, her whole life, and so uh, certainly watched her mom serve as a, a minister's wife and served as a minister's kid, uh, kind of in the spotlight, so to speak. Mm. And so, yeah, she was, she was very aware of what she was getting into both with me and with the world of ministry. That's good. Yeah. That's that's good. My, my wife, Julie. So we, we met in college Mm -hmm. and, uh, but I, I, I sense God's call specifically to ministry. Like I, I knew that that was what God was placing in my heart to, in the church, through the church, uh, when I was a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't meet her until I was a sophomore in college. And so, yeah, from the time she met me 
you were she headed that known way. This yeah, was yeah, 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 that this was part That's of the trajectory. Uh, and so she grew up in a Christian home, so being in church, and, and actually, it's interesting, I think, uh, even as a teenager, she had a sense that she might marry a minister or, or a student minister or somebody, you know, mm. just having a bent that direction, um, not necessarily knowing, uh, I don't think she knew necessarily at that time what it meant, but... Uh, fully and completely, but but it was one of those where I, I think the Lord prepared us both ahead of time sure. uh, for where we're heading. So so that's a good thing. I have talked to, I have friends that uh, were, were called into ministry later in their mm-hmm. life, and so maybe that's your story uh, as you're listening today, that, that it happened later, and so you've had to turn the tables, so to speak, and go, yeah. okay, we're, yeah. we're going a different direction. But Chad and I are both coming from a position where, where we knew that going in. Our wives knew that coming in. They knew what they were signing up for. Yeah. Again, uh, as, as we've navigated, we 28 years, y'all almost 20 years in, in ministry and being married and, and having a family and walking through that, then, yeah, we certainly did not anticipate all of the pieces and parts that that would entail. Right. Um, but, yeah, but it's been one of those, uh, one of those things we've grown in uh, as we've gone through. What would you say is, has been the biggest blessing to your home or your family uh, like, or to your marriage of, of being part of a church family, like being on staff and, and hmm. that. Because a lot of times I think we start this conversation on the negative. It's like, okay, how to make sure that the, the church doesn't take over your marriage or, or, you know, or things like that. But what would you say has been the biggest positive? I feel like uh, pretty much so, so everywhere I've been, uh, we have added a child. Every, where we have been as a couple, we have added a child while at that church. Gotcha. So either by birth or by adoption. Mm-hmm. So those kids in particular, um, the church feels like some healthy ownership of like mm. we prayed for them yeah. when they were either in Gloria's womb and we were yeah. excited yeah. and we had the first baby shower and we did the thing or in adoption and we helped you raise money and mm-hmm. we we were there when you showed us a picture and we were there like when you went to China and when you went to India like so I think probably the blessing of like the church being aware and being excited with mm-hmm. us yeah. on such a bigger scale then it's kind of like the the non-staff member gets that hopefully within like their life group That's or right. their Sunday school class so. or whatever, where it's like everybody in the room is excited that the baby came or that the adoption happened or whatever. Um, and, and that the circles get larger, the more involved you are in the church, right? The more mm-hmm. uh, people are aware of those things. But I would say as, as a staff member, uh, the church knows yeah. Uh, and and certainly as a, as a pastor that when okay you weren't in the pulpit for three weeks because you were in India like getting your kid yeah, yeah. Um, those kind of things just make it all the more aware and so there's a different I think that kind of that's a microcosm of the blessing of the church uh, rejoicing when you rejoice yeah. and grieving when you grieve like because of your public role uh, I think about they. They grieved when my grandmother died, and none of them here had ever met my grandmother. Yeah. But there's that kind of like, oh, we're there's a greater awareness mm-hmm. from the church hole about the staff members. And so 
the positive is that they rejoice and weep when you do. Yeah, I think we have been incredibly blessed. Uh, the churches that we have served in have loved us well, mm-hmm. and and I'm very grateful. Not every time was at a healthy church, uh, you know, or, or even going through healthy situations, but we have been very blessed in that our church has loved us well. And I think probably for our marriage, one of the best pieces of it is having godly couples around us mm-hmm. that we immediately, we moved into an area and I, I told somebody, I joked one time, I was like, I've never chosen a church before. I've never been able yeah, to choose my neither. church. <laughs> it's yeah. like I've been called to a church, and this is where we're going. And so it became family. Like, And, and I'm thankful. That's a, a good thing that God does. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have been blessed by godly family members around us, church family members who are around us who have modeled for us. Uh, I can think of our very first life group in the very first church that we served uh, in Texas when we first got married, and Bob and Pat, how they Mm. poured into us. They were an older couple who had a a young adult life group or young married life group, and they were pouring into us, and we saw what it looked like to be 20, 30 years. I don't remember how many years older they were than us, Mm -hmm. uh, but at the time, we were so so young. Yeah. <laughs> we were so young at the time and really had no idea what we were doing. We were in a new state with new people and trying to figure all that out. And I just remember them investing in us. And then thankfully, over the years, we've continued to have that. But um, I, I realize that uh, at coming in, like you said, as a staff member, as a ministry leader, uh, can kind of be a mixed bag uh, where I, I think we had the blessing of having people around us that model good marriage and that we could see that from. But then there are some expectations that uh, perhaps in in other scenarios uh, that could be more challenging for a ministry couple to come in and maybe be feel like they're in the spotlight or feel like they have to be perfect in their marriage or that they have to have everything together or be the model for everyone else. I don't know. Have you ever felt like that? Yeah. I, I, I'm i like you. I feel like we've been really blessed in churches that um, as a whole mm-hmm. did not have unrealistic expectations of us, uh, whether as really young couple or as we have you know, we're almost 20 years in, no. uh, but, but I, I know of situations certainly where the, the pastor's wife is expected regardless of skills, talents, abilities, or loves mm. to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. To be the women's <laughs> ministry leader or to be the VBS coordinator or to play be the piano. play the piano <laughs> or the whatever thing. And so I know that that's a real mm-hmm. like uh, thing of existence, like yeah. churches that do that. We haven't had that. I, I think what might exist differently is um, it's sometimes just like the there's not as... I'm trying to think of how to say this, where where our, uh, whether it's my wife or our kids, they can pr- think that something is being asked of them because of who they are in relation to me, right? instead of just because of who they are. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes they, even though that's not necessarily true, it's like my my older three kids are, are all believers, uh, my, my youngest one has, has not yet but the the other three are and so uh they're they're 
actively involved in the student ministry and they serve and they do different things. And so sometimes they think that they get asked to do something, asked to serve in a role, asked to be the one to pray, to speak, to teach the Bible study or whatever, because I'm their dad. And I have to tell them, no, like you're getting asked to do that because you're spiritually growing right? and praise God, like, the youth minister here is seeing that growth in you, mm-hmm. seeing that ability in you, seeing that desire in you and asking you to do that. Same thing with, with Gloria, my wife, like it's um, for her to know, Hey, I'm not just being asked to serve on in this way just because I'm the pastor's wife, but because, Oh, you think I would be good at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody else thinks, Oh, this is like something I know Gloria loves to do or enjoys. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's just a mindset more in our case because it is in a healthy situation. Mm-hmm. It's helping remind them that it's because of who they are, yeah. not because of who they are in relation to me. And that's good. That's that's really good on the family side of it. And I think also on the church side of it, I think especially our role as father and mm-hmm. as husband, we may have more of a venue to speak, especially uh, in a ministry role where we can say, hey, just so you know, my wife has these giftings. These mm-hmm. are not her giftings. My encouragement to her is to jump in and serve where you know yeah. where where she hears me being her champion. But the church also can have a clear understanding. Yep. And I think there are times that we do have to educate and help uh, educate the people around us as to okay, you know what, my children make stupid mistakes too. Yeah. Like they're learning, yeah, 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 they're yeah. growing. They they do. And I think sometimes that requires us as ministry leaders, to be more transparent and not pretend mm-hmm. like we have it all together and and to be more vulnerable with yeah. our people, which is sometimes difficult, but I think it produces opportunities for them to see and know that, yeah. you know what, we struggle too. Our kids yeah. are not perfect. Our marriages are not perfect. We go through difficult times, mm-hmm. and even though we don't want to air dirty laundry, at the same time, we don't want to pretend like we're something that we're not. That's right. I think, too, that how important that is for our wife and children to hear that from us. Mm-hmm. Not not that you're going to tell all the, the stories mm-hmm. from the pulpit or do all the things. But Please more, don't do that. Yeah, but more so, uh, hey, like, I will defend you. Mm-hmm. Like if that's right, uh, you don't have to do that thing, mm-hmm. whatever the thing is, yeah. just because you're my wife. Yeah. Like you don't have to do that. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, you don't have to go to that that shower or that wedding mm-hmm. that you feel guilted into because yeah. of whatever. I mean, go because you're a church mm-hmm. member with them and you want to like, right. just be a good church member. Yeah. Uh, and and I would tell you thinking about who the audience is, is primarily the ministers, right? That's right. I would say that in your interview process, whenever you're going somewhere, I would communicate Absolutely. the expectations you have for your family mm-hmm. to them. Uh, they can choose how they receive that or who mm-hmm. they communicate that to as well. But for you to be able to say, here's what I expect. I expect my family to be good church members. Yeah. That that means if if again, whether it's uh, like um, providing a meal for a family when a baby is born, right. or it's going to visit so and so when there's a wedding, or a, a positive or I mean highs and lows, whatever those yeah. are, but it's not because they're the pastor's wife that they have to make sure they're on the list. That's right. No, it's because they want to be good church members, and so um, I I I think about. Yeah, Gloria coming here and saying, "What are what is the 
way I'm going to serve, not what is the way I'm expected to serve, but which which lane mm-hmm. should I be in? But more like, oh, what are things that stir my heart? Yeah. Oh, then I'm yeah. going to plug into that ministry or that area. Yeah. And it might be for a season. It might be as my kids grow up. Like right now she's teaching middle school mm-hmm. age in student ministry. It might not be forever, mm-hmm. uh, but that's kind of where things are happening in our life, right? <laughs> yes. So it makes sense that she would teach in there. Oh, yeah. So it's that kind of thing mm-hmm. of awareness um, that, that you can do as the pastor or the minister mm-hmm. to to help them see that's what you're expecting of your family. You're not expecting them to be something more just because they're connected to you. You're that's expecting right. them to be good church members, good friends, good mm-hmm. supporters, and... Uh, and not placing an unrealistic expectation that others might place on them. That's right. You don't be the one to place that. That's right. Well, and I think these things, you and I are going to, uh, I want to just make sure that everybody knows this, <laughs> that, that our perspective is a little different because we're both men and we're yeah. both uh, fathers and mm-hmm. pastors. And sure, so sure, sure. we have that. And, and I realize there are some who are listening who may be women mm-hmm. uh, and, and you're in ministry and you're working at your church. And so you're also having to juggle some of these things and figure out. Mm-hmm. I think most of the things that we're saying here would relate regardless, sure. even though we're putting it a little bit more in that yeah, pastor yeah, yeah, yeah. language, because that's naturally how we speak. But yeah. I, I don't want us to miss out or to feel like we're we're, we're ignoring that, because, because uh, a lot of those, in the same way, um, as the one who is employed by the church, whomever, male mm-hmm. or female, uh, you're, you're going to have to draw some lines and, and clear distinctions as to, you know, what does this mean for my family? How are we serving? How are we doing that? Um, I really think one of the things that I would encourage, regardless of what position you're in or, or how you're serving in ministry, that with your spouse and with your kids, that you make your service to the church a matter of prayer and, and a matter of importance to your family, that it's not a job that you do, it's a life that you live, mm-hmm. and that involves some nine-to-five work, right, or, or whatever it is. Like, there's going to be some things where you're punching a clock because you have a job to do, but there are going to be other things that you do that are going to be, just like any other volunteer serves in the church above and beyond their regular nine-to-five mm-hmm. job, we will too, and mm-hmm. that means we're going to be at things. And I, I do think, probably, I hope, one of the benefits that my children have gotten from us being a ministry family is that it's a non-negotiable, that we're involved in the church. Mm-hmm. We're going to be involved in all the things that are going on sure. at the church. And uh, it's it's a benefit, I hope, in that they have that ingrained into who mm-hmm. they are that being in church, being a part of a church, having a church family is a natural part of who they are. I pray that that becomes a benefit and never becomes a source of resentment or yeah. something in, in their lives. How do, Are there other tips you would say, like, like how you can guard against resentment setting in when the mom or, or the, the wife or the husband or the children feel like the church is taking away the parent or somehow? I think it is... Uh, Helping, helping explain what it is you're doing mm-hmm. and helping when there's times that uh, this is, I can be guilty of this, um, but there are times that I think I have to be at something that I don't, mm-hmm. that uh, it, it's not just about being involved and being at a meeting and whatever, but because I'm at those extra meetings and those extra things, there are times it's okay that I don't go to this other thing. Right. Whatever it might be. And for them to hear 
me choose no or to say no to something for them. I think that's right. That is helpful. Yeah. Um, but I also think that sometimes helping them know what you were at mm-hmm. and why it was important. That's right. The uh, why. That's huge. So because it's okay, you were at a meeting. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, what was this meeting about? Well, I, you know, it's like helping them see whether it was a elder meeting or a deacons meeting or a uh, a, a planning, a, a, a whatever the thing is that what what kept you late, what kept you mm-hmm. long, um, and and those kinds of things. Yeah. I also think a lack of being involved mm-hmm. for your wife or your husband, if you're a woman, obviously, yeah. <laughs> like whatever the case is, for your spouse, we'll right, put it that way. Uh, I had to be clear. <laughs> um, no, but for your spouse or for mm-hmm. your kids, that if they choose to not participate in an extra, mm-hmm. it's okay. Right. What I mean is, um, like, let's say your church has a student choir, mm-hmm. and you've got one kid that really wants to sing in the student choir and one who doesn't. Forcing them to be in the student choir because you say, I'm the pastor, the pastor you I, have yeah. to go. <laughs> well, mm. I'm Dad, it's not that I don't love to sing praises to the Lord. It's that I don't want to be in the choir. Right. It's that I want to be at church on Wednesday night with because that's a regular. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be at Sunday school. Yep. I'm going to be. I'm going to go to camp. I'm going to do the thing. But to to not force mm-hmm. the thing, and then their reason. Why do I have to do that? Well, because your dad's the pastor. Yeah. Well, that's well, yeah. like that's not helpful. No. That <laughs> does breed resentment. Mm-hmm. And and I think the same thing for our spouse when we say, look, I don't care if you want to go or not. Mm-hmm. You got to go to that women's ministry event because you're my wife. Yeah. Or. You got to go to that and flip mm-hmm. side, right? That men's ministry event because all the guys are going, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, I, everybody else is husband. I'm not, I don't, I'm not interested in that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I'm a bad church member. That's right. That's why I say, like, be an active church member. Yep. And what we would say, someone is an active church member. Whatever we would qualify that mm-hmm. is, because every church is going to be different. You're going to have small groups in homes, or that's right, Sunday school, or life group, or whatever. Whatever you would put in that category, then those are the things I think you can rightfully expect of your family. But to guard against the forced, you have to go to camp, mm-hmm. you have to go to Disciple Now, you have to go to the women's ministry event, you have to serve at all the extra things. Mm-hmm. No, like let's balance that for, in order to not stir that resentment, yeah. um, and and allowing for that. Oh, you don't want to participate in that. Tell me why. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. And I think that's that's an awesome way to listen to them, to hear what they're saying, to help them grow into their gifts and their abilities, and realize that they're not going to be gifted in everything mm-hmm. and, and want to do everything. And everyone, good grief, the Lord has taught me a lot. Through, I have three children. God gifted them with three very different personalities. Right, right. And so as soon as we thought we had figured out how to be a parent, God sent us another child with a totally mm-hmm. different need from parents. That's and, right. uh, totally. And so we're still learning those things and, and, and working through that. But I think we are sometimes even worse about that mm. with our spouse. Mm. The expectation we put on them yeah. is maybe even worse sometimes than the one that we place on our kids. Because what we know about for our kids is the kid who says, I don't really want to go to camp. Mm. We're like, you're going to love camp. Just You should go yeah. to camp. Just trust me. Yeah. You don't really know. Right. Now, there are times that we force things that we shouldn't with our kids. True. But I think sometimes we make our spouse think that, 
them not being at whatever event will harm my ministry. And so we say it to them like that. Look, like, look, you've got to go to that. Mm -hmm. Now, again, are there times that you do things you don't really want to do because Mm -hmm. you want to be a good church member? You want to be supportive of the thing? Sure. I'm not saying you don't, that there's nothing on the list that everything you do is exactly how you want it. I'm not suggesting that for a church member either. That's right. But I am saying that um, there are times that it's not your gifting. It's mm-hmm. not your skill. It's not your, uh, like, whatever, fill in the blank. Right. That's and okay. and that is okay. Yeah. So helping your spouse hear that mm-hmm. and see that and then... When questions come, helping communicate that mm-hmm. without a crossing your arms and pouting exactly. about what your you spouse make won't a, do. Yeah, you don't have to make a fight out of it. No. This like, can be a good thing. This can be a good thing. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. and helping them graciously say no. Right, yeah. I think that can yeah. be part of it, too. So one of the other things that uh, we have learned over the years is... Uh, that how you speak about your church matters. Mm-hmm. And so I know how it is. Sometimes uh, we carry with us the stress of the day, and we carry it home. And if we're not careful, at times we may visit that stress upon our spouse mm-hmm. or upon our children. And so I get it. We're all going to have good and bad days, regardless of what kind of work we're in. And the church, sometimes it feels like I don't know. Sometimes it feels like maybe it hurts more because there's the family side of it and and you feel like you're a family and you're so invested in what you're doing. But I I think that everybody deals with this in in some way. But when we come home and we talk about things or about church members or about church Mm -hmm. people, we need to be very guarded, very careful about what we share with our kids or what we share with our spouse and how we do so. Because this is one thing, Julie, uh, I, I want to say somebody else told us this, like, but, but it's been something that we, we got early in our marriage mm-hmm. is, is, you know, um, my, my, I have no doubt my most ardent defender is my wife. And so if someone has a problem with me in our church, mm-hmm. my wife is going to be the one who's going to stand up. Like she's going to be ready to fight for me. And mm-hmm. so this person who, who counseled us early on said, you know what? Sometimes it's best for her not to know right. everything that someone said yep. or did against you or whatever, because you may be able to get over it. But because she's not in that situation with you and she's not seeing what's going on all the time, she may not be able to get over it. Like, that may be something more difficult. And so she and I have an agreement that's like, okay, she didn't always need to know everything. Now, we joke about it because sometimes I will just file things off to the side and forget mm-hmm. to tell her things. She's right, like, could you right, please right, tell right. me anything? I'm like, yes, okay, I'm sorry. We'll talk about this. And so it's not like I'm trying to hide things from her. But if I feel like it might cause her to have resentment toward right. the church or towards someone in the church, that I think ultimately it's okay, like it's going to be okay, then, then I have to look at that. And also with what we're sharing with our children, they're right. going to be ups and downs. And if my children, if all they hear is me griping and complaining about my church or sure. about the ministry or what, who did this or who did that or whatever, then they're not going to grow up with a love for their church. They're going right. to grow up with resentment for their church yeah, yeah. because their dad was always angry or their mm-hmm. their mom was always 
always angry about the church and those kind of things. And not that, not that I think we paint this rosy color, you know, rosy picture to our kids that, oh, church is always perfect all the time. No, it's not that, but, it, but we do have mm-hmm. to be careful sure. in, in how we express those things. And so um, I, I think as I consider that, uh, as, as we look at our marriages and as we look at um, our families and, and how ministry, uh, how those things blend, uh, I, I do think it's a calling that when we're called to the church and to serve the church, our family is a part of that calling. And and we talk about this specifically related to missionary families who are going on the field and about how it is a family thing. Like, it, it's obvious. But it's also that that is also true, serving the church wherever you are. Yeah, I think what what happens we have to do as parents is we have to count the cost for our kids. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Um, they don't, that wasn't original with me, oh, but huh. uh, they they don't get to choose their parents' job. Yeah. And, and no matter what the job is, mm-hmm. the surgeon, the accountant, oh, yeah. the lawyer, the, the teacher, it doesn't matter. Like no, no kid is picking their parents' job. Mm-hmm. So whatever that job is, you're counting the cost for your family. You're deciding, mm-hmm. uh, well, I'm going to purposely make less money than what I might make in this other job because I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm purposely going to take this job because it does make more money and we'll be allowed to live in this place and that's mm-hmm. going to be a better school system. I mean, fill in the blank, right? right. You're counting the cost for your family, every no matter what job it is. That's true. So just be aware of that mm-hmm. in the job that you choose in ministry. Calling... It should be a calling regardless what the occupation is. Yeah. I hope people hear that, that you could be called to be a doctor and called Absolutely. to be a teacher and called to be a banker. All of those things are possible, uh, and rightly so. So in, And all should be ministry. That's right. And so all of it is is a work of counting the cost yeah. for our kids in that regard. Um, and I, I think that's... And for our spouses. Like, what what's that going to mean for them? Um, right? There's some jobs that take you out you're, you work through the night. That's well, right. that's a count of cost, right? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I do think if we're not careful, we can get in our little huddles of ministers or pastors or leaders or, or whoever and gripe and complain together about how hard ministry and how all, all these things are. And if we're not careful, we wind up in a woe is me kind yeah, of attitude. Yeah. And I honestly do not think, I, I think we have the greatest job in the world. I was about to say, <laughs> I'm convinced I have the best job. I, I think I do. I, my job is the best job. Like, I love what I do, and I'm thankful to be in a place where I can work really hard, but then also develop these relationships mm-hmm. and family, and where I'm also encouraged, where I have a, a group of deacons, a group of elders, a group of uh, people that are surrounding us, who are loving us, who are praying for us. And so I think choosing also to focus on the positives, seeing those things as positives, uh, you know, we have, we are gifted. You mentioned some jobs where there is zero flexibility. Mm-hmm. When you're on your own, when you're off, you're off. That's all you get. And, and in ministry, I've been very blessed. Most of the churches that I've worked with have been very flexible in that, you know what, there are some key things that you need to do at certain times, but also there's some flexibility in that if you need to go run this errand or you need to take care of this child or you need to pick up a sick kid, whatever, there's mm-hmm. a lot of flexibility in ministry that sometimes if we're not careful, we take that for granted. And yeah, we may have a really hard Sunday. Yeah. But 
Monday through Friday, there's a lot of flexibility in our timetable and what we're able to do. And I may wind up working at night some, but there's also time that I can go to my kid's program. I don't have to worry yeah. about, is it okay for me to go see my kid in this program at school? Because it's a culture that we have here. So I would encourage everybody, center on the positives, look at those things. The one thing I was going to say, speak specifically to those in leadership of a staff. Hmm. Um, help your younger staff know those things mm-hmm. and know, learn the balance of you do have to work hard. It yes. doesn't mean hard work isn't a thing, but balancing family, helping them do that, and helping in your interview process, make it known what you expect of their family. Yeah. I would recommend that you only expect them to be good church members, right? but do lay out what you think a good church member is. So, if they think a, if you think a good church member is there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and they think a good church member is there Sunday morning, and all you've said is good church member, yeah. then and when their their spouse just comes Sunday morning, and then you look and say, where's your spouse on Sunday night and Wednesday night? And you say, well, they work on Sunday night and Wednesday night. Well, say, well that's not acceptable, right? Like, right. So yeah. just be clear about that, and I would guard your what the expectations are, but I would also say be clear about it yep. so that way everybody knows what that means. You're not missing that uh, and right. and help them develop that. Uh, even if you're a young pastor and you're trying to figure it out yourself, help the rest of the staff learn that with you. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's good. Set clear expectations mm-hmm. and, and follow up on those. So uh, as we are, are, as we're wrapping up, mm-hmm. I, I would want to encourage, and I want us to come back uh, and visit this topic as it relates so. to good. just, yeah, just tips for marriage and family mm-hmm. and, and those kind of, like that can be a whole, you know, we can spend a lot of time talking yeah, about no that. Question. But as we wrap this up, uh I, I ask you to have a couple of ideas, or, or we were talking about this, mm-hmm. some ideas for some resources to recommend yeah. specifically, and I know you had some. I do. What, what, what are those? Uh, one is a book by Tim Keller called The Meaning of Marriage. Uh, uh, Kathy Keller, his wife, mm-hmm. uh, he she also writes a chapter in that. It's an excellent book. I just finished last month. Mm-hmm. Um, really good. There's another one called Gospel-Shaped Marriage. Um I think Van Horn was the author. Uh, I can't remember, but Gospel Shaped Marriage, Kingdom Marriage by Tony Evans. Um, I I really enjoyed that resource. I thought it was really helpful. Um, and then John Piper's Momentary Marriage. All those are good. There are other ones that can be more specific, right? So there is other ones that um, regarding. Um, like communication in marriage. There's other ones that we might recommend, things like five love languages and uh, intimacy in marriage and, and different topics. But an overall picture, those other resources are the ones that I would probably go to first. Yeah, very good. And it's Chad and Emily Van Dick's one. Oh, okay. I looked it up. So you're very close, close. very close. Uh, so all of those things are, uh, all of those are great books that, that we would recommend. Uh, there are plenty of others that are out there uh, that we'd be glad to talk with uh, you about. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, we'll come back, we'll visit this topic again, and we'll talk some very specifically about within your marriage, how do we as ministers invest in our marriage? Uh, how do we make sure that we're guarding our hearts well and our marriage as well and our families well? Uh, and so I think that's going to deserve another another opportunity. Absolutely. So, but for now, we want to thank you for listening today, and we want to encourage you: please like, subscribe, subscribe if I can say the word, and give us a rating and review. 
And if you don't mind, share it on social media. We would love to be able to reach out to more people. We'll be back on March the 1st, so be sure to tune in then. If you have any questions about the Timothy Project, anything that we've shared today, or have suggestions for future episodes, email us at staff at thetimothyproject.org, and check out our website at thetimothyproject.org. And don't forget, we have the Timothy Project Conference coming up in May, and you can go ahead now and register for that. We encourage you to jump in and be a part of it. You can get all the details on our website. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'll see you next time. Thank you.